I don't even know what's happening with Doctor Seuss. I, I, I don't. I, I don't know what's happening either. But I, I. I just know something's happening, and I don't know what's happening. But. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I figured I'd bring up green eggs and ham. Like that's that's awesome. It's Irish, right? Don't the, the Irish eat I, green I'm, eggs? I'm, and ham? I'm putting it in there. Not I'm th- putting it in there. Go for it. Just do a Doctor Seuss uh, reference. Gosh, this is so awesome, man. I call Scott my dad and uh, <laughs> nothing like the best in the business breathing down your throat your first outlaw win. Welcome everybody, episode number four five of stick signals ready to launch here and thank you so much for joining on in happy saint patrick's day hope everyone is having a lucky day if you find a penny on the ground and it's heads up pick it up because today is the day well hi mick how's it going have you had your green eggs and ham today i have how top of the morning to you ruben how you doing that's right mick that's irish today's your day it's my day that's what that's what they say actually think i'm gonna be honduran for today Ah, <laughs> perfect, <laughs> perfect. Well, uh, happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody and uh, happy not race week, but happy race week eve i guess we can say march madness in full bl- uh, full blast a lot of great things happening outside of the racing world but um hey some news and notes let's let's start on this Mick. how about this k dillard we talked about him on the struggle bus you know at smoky mountain and goes out this past weekend and wins $7,000 with a Comp Cam Super Dirt uh, Series race at the Boot Hill Speedway in Louisiana over Ashton Winger. So mm. how cool is that? Mm. That is the car that he wrecked as well. The brand new MB Custom at Smoky Mountain goes back and wins 7K. Did they have to do any repairs to that? They take it back to the shop? or So when I was at the track, it looked like the front clip had got bent and all that. And I talked to crew chief Donnie Patterson and he said, you know, luckily it looked that bad, but it was just the nose so it was uh, a bunch of cosmetic stuff in the front uh and they got it all fixed up go out and went seven thousand over ashton winger that's pretty cool that's awesome it's good to see uh ashton out there running some things too yeah it is good to see ashton out there running as well uh kate dillard big seven thousand dollar to win there congratulations to him uh we look forward to having him on stick signals soon uh let's just put it there uh mick also big news uh, we get set for the cherokee speedway race next weekend um march 26th and 27th 30 thousand dollars to win i mean i i'm even i I might might just build a late model right now for 30k (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a pretty big payday early in the year and uh, i think they're running like dual features on friday and then that sets up the big money feature on on saturday so fun fun format there at cherokee looking forward to that and getting back to action and by the way they are resurfacing the racetrack they're reshaping a little bit they're playing around with the racetrack and cherokee speedway is going to produce some fantastic racing march 26th and 27th my only question would be then uh Will my mama still warn me about it, or is the new configuration more mama-friendly? You know, I think your friends' mamas are going to warn you about it, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be that good. It's going to be that good. For 30K, they're going to be... I mean, they're going to be fender to fender. It's going to be awesome. Um, I don't think there's going to be any wide stick signals there, because everyone's going to be really close uh, for that 30K. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mick, also, I'm, I'm excited for this upcoming swing because we also go to Farmer City. I mean, who doesn't love Farmer City? We, we get to see a race in the Midwest, uh, you know, because we've been in the South quite a lot, you know, the warmer, yeah. warmer states during the off season. We finally get to go to Illinois. I love Illinois because of the summer nationals. But hey, Farmer City, three day event that is going to be big. And then obviously we go to Bristol. So big swing coming up for the outlaws. It seems like not much is going on right now, Mick. But 
man, it's going to get busy next week. It's it's just the calm before the storm, right? I mean, like we're going to be overwhelmed with news and notes in the next couple of weeks. So yeah. it's exciting to see it's how fast the season kind of starts to to pick up momentum. And then before you know it, we're on the Hell Tour. Yes, exactly. We're on the Hell Tour. And I'm excited for that as well because big news actually came out on the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. Some tracks announced, some new things there. So go check out uh, Summer Nationals on social media and check out the website. Big news there. Schedule is out. That's going to be fun as well. Um, Mick, um, I will say Jordan is a busy man because we have Dirt Car Esports. Yeah, yeah. Jordan <laughs> Jordan stays busy. But yeah, Dirt Car Esports kicks off next uh, week on Wednesday. Uh, the first race is well. There's two. There's two. If you're not familiar with the esports, we have the tour, and then we have the street stocks. The tour uh, switches up the cars that they run. They could run a big block. They might run a sprint car, and then the street stocks are always street stocks. So the first race for the tour is uh, big blocks at Weedsport, and then the street stocks will be there at Knoxville. And uh, it's 250 to win, 20 to start for the tour, and 100 to win and 10 to start for the street stocks. I wanted to ask you that. If you wanted to participate, how can you join? So to join, you just go to dirtcar.com slash esports, and on the right-hand side there, you'll see the schedule with a register button. Uh, go through the steps to register. you got to pay your entry fee, which you'll make back if you make the feature. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, cash prizes, and I know you get a trophy, if I'm not mistaken, and they're mm-hmm. still sending the big checks, right? Yeah, big. you get a, a big check and, a, and a, a trophy and recognition, and I mean, it's fun, man. It's I, I was with Casey Schumann uh, back at the office last year, and uh, they had the simulator going, and oh my God, I... Let me just say, I'll have more friends as an announcer <laughs> than behind the wheel because, I, I mean, it's a very nice simulator. It's just I could not make a lap, man. It, it was tough, but I, I know you've tried it. I mean, are you any good at iRacing? Not at all. Yeah, it's it's tough. But I saw Casey Schumann get on that thing and wheel the wheels off that um, uh, midget that he had there. It was it was at the Chili Bowl track, and I couldn't. I was just hitting the walls, and it was terrible. But no, that's cool. If you're a big iRacing guru, hey, next Wednesday, March 24th, Big blocks at Wheat Sport, 250 to win, 20 to start. Street stocks in Knoxville, 100 to win, $10 to start. Sign up, as Mick mentioned. But it is St. Patrick's Day, and we're talking about luck. So if you want to get a little lucky today on St. Patrick's Day, don't forget, Manscaped is the global leader for below-the-waist grooming and the official sponsor of Stick Signals. To ensure you have the best tools for your family jewels, visit manscaped.com and use code STICKSIGNALS21 for 20% off and free international shipping. So get prepared for St. Patrick's Day if you're going to get a little lucky here today. Also, today's your lucky day, race fans, because if you want to get closer than ever before to the most powerful late models on the planet, we are talking about thrills and spills, the best drivers, the conflicts and the chaos and the glory. Be an outlaw. Join the challenge to show your outlaw status and be a leader in the outlaw community when you register for free. You get insider access, adrenaline-packed audio and video content, VIP perks, swag you can't get anywhere else. Uh, Start the challenge and show the world you are an outlaw and experience the next level of the greatest show on dirt. Start the challenge at beanoutlaw.com. Mick, uh, you're you're really involved in that campaign and talk about that just a little bit. So what the Be An Outlaw program is, is is a way for us to reward fans for, for being the best fans out there in motorsports. As we as we unveil the program and things go on, there will be challenges, social challenges, like when you go to the track, take a picture with a driver, and that will allow you to earn points. Those points will then unlock levels, which will get you different access. It will get you things like maybe wave the green flag at, a, at your favorite racetrack, maybe uh, ride in the pace car, one-on-one tours of the pits. There will be special merch, all, all kinds of things. It costs nothing to sign up for it, and 
you get the free Dirt Vision Vault access there, and and really, I think it's going to be a fun program. And we're we're still hammering things out. You, to be completely transparent, their COVID restrictions have sort of put uh, a clamp on things as far as what we can plan right now and what we can actually put out there. But as this thing unfolds, I think fans are really going to enjoy it, and it's really going to bring fans closer to the action than ever before. That's amazing. Sign up today, race fans. It's basically like a rewards po- program. You know, you go to outlaw events, you you go and meet the drivers, you get stuff, and you get rewards in return. And hey, you never know, you could be dropping the green flag at your favorite track or something else. So go sign up today. It's absolutely free and be a part of be an outlaw. Well, Mick, we got to uh, interview. Chase Younghands, the driver from Manhattan, Kansas. And, you know, it, we talk about how it's, you know, kind of the calm before the storm. It's pretty chill. So we talked to one of the most chillest drivers, Chase Younghands. Here we are with Chase Younghands. Chase, well, it's been an interesting career for you from modifieds to late models. You grew up working on your dad's modifieds with your brother. How old were you when you first started working on them? Uh, hell, I don't know. I was probably. 10 or 11 when I started going around to the races and paying attention to all that stuff, it seems like, yeah, somewhere around there. The modified career, like you got your first win in the state of Wyoming and you come to the Outlaw Tour. How tough has that been, making the transition from modifieds to a schedule that you really aren't familiar with track-wise? Uh, I mean, just late models in general, they're totally different than the mods and stuff, but uh, competition's way tighter it seems like with late models so it's definitely hard but that in a really finicky i feel like a modified you can kind of hop in them and just manhandle them how you want and these late models if you don't have them right you kind of look like a monkey with a football (laughs) (laughs) uh so you got your first modified race in uh 2008 talk about that that first race i know you'd been chomping at the bit for a while watching watching your brother run and you finally got a, a chance to go out there and run what was that like oh it was fun i mean i think i made like 25 bucks or 50 bucks for running like i don't even know what place i got first time i raced but they gave me 50 bucks and i was like shit you get paid to do this i was like heck yeah so ever since then it was like game on and now i don't know how many years later and i'm got gray hair and i'm stressed about setups on these race cars and figuring out what day i gotta leave and if we got tires fuel and all that stuff now i'm here so i guess yeah it's exciting, but it's a lot of work, too. A lot of people think that uh, you can kind of just show up and do what you want, but there's a lot that's behind the scenes that a lot of the fans don't get to see. Right. What, what was the first track you got to run at? Uh, I think it was actually Junction City. I think it was called, like, Whiskey Lake Speedway. It's, like, 20 minutes from my shop, and it was, like, a straight shithole, but it was still fun, like, I went over there with an open bed trailer and an old, uh, I don't even know what year it was, like a 1997 regular cab diesel pickup. And it was all I could do was to even pull this damn race car over there. It was overheating and all sorts of shit. It was pretty entertaining. But yeah, it was fun. I mean, any I think anytime a teenage boy can drive something that has a motor and a steering wheel and always comes out with a smile and a grin and wanting to do it again and those were your dad's cars right he he had been fielding modifieds for a while for other drivers or was it always sort of in the family so yeah he had modifieds back in the day that had different people race them and i remember being a little kid going to the races and sitting in the truck playing nascar 98 probably or the sprint car game and they were out race modified stuff and then i started paying attention to that 
scraping mud and then building bodies and skipping school to go work on race cars. And then I ended up racing and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty much, yeah, my dad had that stuff going on. And then I finally got to do it when I was, I think 16 was the first time I got a race. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. And your your crew guy, Corey, he's he's been with you pretty much the whole time. Is that right? Yeah, he was with me. He actually doesn't work for me anymore, but he was with me since like, hell, I don't know. He was with me for like 12 years, I think. And then he hasn't been with me for the last year and a half. So it's just been me and Bob. And then Bob left me at the beginning of this year. So now I'm just down to me and my tire guy. So we're kind of just trying to figure out what we're going to do and play it by ear type deal now. Are you guys looking to hire someone else to, to go on the road with you guys? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've put dealers out and stuff. I haven't really seen anyone that I want to spend a bunch of time trying to. The problem is you got to find someone that kind of already knows what to do. And you can train people that don't, but it seems like it's just as much work training someone that doesn't know what's going on than it is trying to find someone that knows what's going on. But uh, it's hard to find people like that now. And if there are people, they want an arm and a leg for pay and all that stuff. You start crunching numbers and stuff and it doesn't really make that much sense. So no, I'm the, I mean, I'm the truck driver, race car driver, setup guy. The only thing I don't do is tires right now, but I got one kid that he does, Bodie, he does the tires and he's been helping me with maintenance and all that stuff. And trying to get a list, a checklist of what all we got to, what each of our jobs are and try to get all the T's crossed and our lowercase J's dotted so we can uh, make it to the racetrack in one piece and be competitive. Chase, I talked to you at Smoky Mountain and you said you lost two crew members from Dirt Car Nationals to Smoky Mountain. Uh, talk about how challenging, I mean, you, you kind of touched on it, but talk about how challenging it is on race nights. Yeah, it's definitely challenging. I mean, you kind of just, I mean, he knows, Bodie knows what he has to do as soon as I pull in, we get it put on the lift, yank tires off, and then I'll normally just slide under there and take off whatever shocks and springs I want to mess with or whatever bars we're moving. And then sometimes, I mean, luckily Smoky Mountain, it wasn't really a hurry up type event, which I mean, it still got done at like nine or something. But some of these races here coming up, they're going to like, we're going to get done hot lapping and be ready to go right back out with uh, qualifying. So it's just trying to get all your ducks in a row, just like the, tires and stuff we try to cut uh cut one process out so like i told Bodie to have a set of qualifying tires already done so he doesn't have to worry about taking off the hot lap tires and buffing them and putting them back on so we get it done hot lapping we already got our tires to qualify so that job's done so we can focus on making the setup calls and getting all that to where we can be competitive and have a good night. Now, being a driver from Kansas, you, you grew up watching, you know, the United States Modified Touring Series, and I feel you because I grew up watching USMTS as well. And with limited experience that you had in the world of outlaw schedule, how challenging was that, meaning track-wise? Uh, I mean, it was challenging, I think, as far as, like, seeing different tracks and traveling all over the country and stuff. Yeah, you get a perspective of different speeds and track configurations and stuff. Like that i think the most challenging thing was just learning how to race late models like as far as racing with against people and figuring out how you can pass them and how you can't pass them and if you're 
wearing out tires or not and stuff like that. I remember when I first started going outlaw racing, they had, uh, I think the tire rule for like speed weeks was like 10s, 20s, and 30s. Well, these 10s are like bubble gum. Well, we would just put them on and you'd burn them off every time you went out. And it was like when I first started racing late models back in the Midwest, we ran just D55s, which is like a hockey puck. So I was like, man, I wish I could get back on those 55s. And now, after racing on open tires and traveling all over the country, I can't stand 55s. I feel like a, a weapon normally when I'm on 55s. But there's times you get your car good with 55s, and they drive about the same. But uh, tire rule and stuff, just trying to figure out that and track conditions. Like The first time I went down south and the track rubbered up like normally in the midwest you look for rubber it, it gets like a dark flat gray strip in the track well down there in the south it's orange dirt and this thing turns back and it looks like it's wet it almost doesn't like it'll be blue groove but then there's a orange strip in it and that's actually the rubber so it's like totally ass backwards and you're like confused and stuff like that and it, it just it takes seat time and traveling up and down the road like a lot of people think that there's some people that can actually hop in late models and be competitive and stuff like that but it also takes a lot of experience and just going up and down the road getting your ass beat for two years before you can finally be competitive or stuff like that and that's what i was going to mention i talked to ricky weiss and kay dillard about this our 2018 rookie class and they said the biggest thing was just getting experience on tracks that they know. And then you look at Cade, comes to a track that he does know, Bado Speedway Park, and wins. So for Chase, I just feel that drivers west of the Mississippi River that run the Outlaw Tour need a couple years before they start having true success. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, for sure. And I don't know. I mean, I just like, I think the Midwest racetracks are better than the East Coast ones, personally. But yeah, I mean, you just... Uh, it's all just depends on your whole team and all that stuff. But yeah, it's definitely hard. I mean, one of the problems is like, shit, I drove 13 hours to Smoky Mountain. So you got to leave a day and a half in advance and all that. So then like your schedules are so tight. Like ideally, if you wanted to run the outlaws, you need to live in like the dead center of Kentucky or somewhere right around there to where your travel time isn't crazy. You know what I mean? I wanted to ask you that. Being from Kansas, do you have any other place that you, you know, relocate for a little bit, uh, for a little part of the season? Uh, not normally. Like, Speed Weeks, I'll go down to Blake Spencer's shop down there in St. Augustine just because we're in Florida. And I call that, uh, we call that Shop Quick South. <laughs> I'll hang out there for about a month. But other than that, I mean, if it looks like if we're going to race out way east and then we're off for like 10 days and then we got to be back out east i'll try to stay at either Mark's shop or someone's shop out there and just kind of hang out instead of driving all the way back to kansas to turn around to go back right you talk about you know they're not easy and kyle strickler told us in episode four that it's easier to hop from a modified to a late model nowadays than it is to a late model or a modified and i, I know i think you ran a modified last year chase if i'm not mistaken is is that statement true can you confirm that uh yeah i mean i think they're both about the same like i think 
I still think those mods, like you can kind of get up on the wheel and out drive some of those guys, but these late models, yeah, when they're right, a damn monkey can drive them. But when they're off a little bit, you can see, like, you can tell, like, something's not right. You know what I mean? There's just, you'll just notice people strut. Like, Jimmy Owens down there at Volusia, like, he was back there with me, and I was absolutely terrible. And that guy won almost every race last year down there. So if your car's not balanced and stuff, it does make us look worse than what we normally are, I feel like. That's just my opinion, you know. I yeah, I agree. And and your last World of Outlaw win was in 2019. You're coming off a winless season with the World of Outlaws. What are you going to change to get back in victory lane this year? Well, I don't know, honestly. I think I, I had some decent runs last year, but we just got to be more consistent and try to get my. All I've been working on lately is just trying to get my notes more detailed to where, if we go back to those tracks that I run good at, I know where all my loads were and stuff like that, and then. The tracks that I struggled out, try to make detailed notes of what I felt and what the car was set up like and stuff like that. So you can kind of just look back at all that stuff and it makes it a lot easier than just showing up to the track and guessing at what you're going to run this week. So that's what I've been trying to focus on. But then losing crew guys and stuff, you got to worry. Like now I'm just trying to do all I can to make it to the racetrack, let alone figure out how to set this thing up and do all that shit. But it's just a lot of work, honestly. I mean, you drive, I drive the truck all the time now and figure out what tires we got to order and how many laps are on the motors and when we got to put valve springs on them. And I print all my wraps. So I do all the stickers on that and then I build all the bodies and stuff like that. And a lot of people don't even know that. And I don't ever advertise it just because I could care less what people think of me and what I do and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of work, and when stuff like that happens, I mean, yeah, you gotta, you just gotta stay on top of your stuff, and I've been trying to do that, and I think it, it hurts, like, I mean, if I had five people working on my car, and I didn't ever have to think about if I got groceries in the truck, then I would probably run a little bit better, but I don't have those circumstances, so you just gotta make the best for what you got, and go from there. That's true. I mean, you're, you're managing the team. You're really doing a lot. Uh, before I pass it to Mick, if a, if somebody's listening to this right now and it, they're an experienced crew guy and they're kind of thinking, hey, I can go help Chase. How can they contact you? Uh, either on Facebook or social media, probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're always looking for good workers and stuff like that. It's just one of those things like you just got to find the right people that deal with everyone else in the group and you don't want people stepping on other people's toes and stuff like that so that's the biggest thing like you just got to get a group of guys that all get along and are looking for the same outcome at the end of the night and by the way if you're the crew member listening to this right now one of chase's sponsors is young hands discount liquor oh, yeah. it will be a good oh, time yeah. <laughs> but we got booze uh chase in 2016 you guys lost your brother after a long fight with cancer um he kept racing on and off throughout the, the, after his diagnosis. And and now your family has this annual modified race you guys have been putting on. How, how did that come about? And, you know, how cool is it to watch it kind of grow? I mean, you even had Brandon Shepard out there this year, finishing second and just talk about the race a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely cool. He, uh, me and him grew up going to Lakeside Speedway when we were kids and we weren't even old enough to go in the pits. So we'd sit up in the stands and, 
my dad and his driver would get there at like 2.45 and the race is going to start till 7. So you'd sit up there and just twirl your thumbs and screw around. I think that was probably before we people had cell phones and all that stuff too. So you're just sitting up there messing around. and uh, Yeah, it's definitely a cool race just from all the seeing all the people that supported and the first annual race it was just insane like how many people were there and stuff and it's really cool to see that and uh yeah it's definitely a cool event i don't know if we're gonna do it every year or kind of switch every other year or what the plan is yet for this year but yeah it's definitely a cool race and if you haven't been i suggest you at least experience it one time just because it's a big pain race and it's for a good cause and all that stuff Sure. I think you had 51 cars there or something last year. And 2020 was obviously a, a weird year as it is. Yeah. No, it was definitely that. I think the year before that, uh, Lakeside had a bunch of rain. So we had to have the 81 speedways and the weather wasn't good and stuff like that. It seems like we've always had a, a hurdle. We had to jump over to try to get the race to be like a perfect race weekend type deal. But it seems like every year the turnout's good and the race is decent if not good it just depends on the track i think last year the track was kind of wide open but it was one of those deals it was cold and i think it rained like two nights before so everything was wet but we still got it in and someone got paid for winning it and yeah i mean it's always fun racing mods close to the house when you can be home at a decent hour are you guys planning on doing it this year or have you got that far yet uh i don't even think we've talked about it this year it's kind of seems like middle of the summer we always bring it up and then we try to figure out what we're going to do but yeah i don't know what's going on this year if it's going to happen or what we're going to do quite yet tell us what chase does outside of the racetrack obviously you know when you have time because you're a very busy guy you know you're doing all these things with the race team but when, when you're off what do you do well it depends i mean i like messing with all these old vehicles and stuff that's actually what i'm doing right now i'm dropping off an old car up in Cleveland, Ohio to get some stuff done to it. But uh yeah, I mean I probably as my girlfriend would say, I collect old rusty shit and I enjoy just tinkering with old square body trucks and C ten trucks and stuff like that. And then if I'm not doing that, it's either working on race cars or messing around at my parents' ranch with cattle or doing something for the shop quick company as far as printing stickers or fixing broken stuff it just depends i mean it changes every day it seems like but for the most part it's either race cars mowing the yard or more race car shit seems like yeah oh yeah i i always keep up with you on your instagram and social medias you posted the video of that one truck just just drifting what's the coolest uh classic you own uh right now probably I got a 61 bubble top Impala, which they're kind of, they look cool. They're old and they're kind of hard to find. And then I got a square body K5 Blazer that's all laid out with big wheels and stuff that I've been driving. That's, that's my favorite vehicle. I love a K5 Blazer, man. What's in a 350? Uh, yeah, right now it just has a 350 in it. I want to put an LS in it, but yeah. the problem is it's going to take a little while to do that. If we had at least a month and a half off, I could make it happen. But normally when we get done racing at the end of the year, it's revamping to get everything ready for speed week. So I try to juggle back and forth. I'll 
work on race cars half a day and then go over there and tinker on stuff like that. But normally it's strictly race car stuff. What else does Chase like to do? Give us like the inside good, like, you know what? I'm just going to get my mind off racing today. I'm going somewhere. What else would Chase do? Uh, I mean, like you said, I like to golf and stuff. There's time permitting, but uh, do that. Ride motorcycles, hang out with friends, drink beer, you know, <laughs> the normal upper 20 year old stuff i guess yeah hang out with the old lady do stuff like that i mean it's i'll do whatever really i'm pretty laid back it don't matter you talk about golf i know you've golfed at plenty of places what, what's the the best golf course you've golfed at uh probably the coolest golf course was playing out in colorado my parents used to have a house out there when we were younger and we played on them it was called cordillera it was a really cool course and then i played at uh down in florida there's a couple cool courts courses we played on and then obviously royals course out there in new mexico is really cool and big and lose a lot of damn balls at that place but no any i mean i don't think i've been to one bad golf course even if it's got billy goats out there eating grass it's still fun to take all your aggression out on a little white ball now we asked ross this because he likes golf too do you have a hole in one uh i don't think i do i think i've been close but i've never gotten it that good i think i've had a albatross though oh what's that it's when you get uh it's one step below a birdie oh so instead of nice. birdie and that you like you get like a two on a par five or something like that i chipped i hit it close and then i chipped this thing in it was actually up at deer creek nice. i watched this thing hit lay in the green and it rolled and it hit the pin and dropped right in and i was like holy shit <laughs> well can't do that again if i try we'll have to hit the course up for sure sometime um well, that, yeah. that's pretty cool that you collect classics and you play golf and uh, you, you do a bunch of fun stuff to de-stress. Uh, with all the stress that you have, um, for example, right now, we still have, let's say, two weeks till we race at Cherokee. Like, what is Chase doing right now to get prepared for that? Uh, so, well, we got back from testing from Bristol, so I got all that car washed up and then I actually sold one of my other cars. So I got one sitting there that's almost done. I'm going to try to get it done so I have a spare. And then it's just looking at notes from Gaffney from when the last time I run that good there was and the previous times over there and look at what I don't need to do and what I need to work on and just little stuff like that, going through the car, getting it all maintenance, making sure everything's right on it. And then, of course, getting the truck ready and changing oil in it and servicing generators and all that stuff, which Cody does some of that stuff, but there's still a whole pile of stuff that you got to go through just to make sure that you can make it down the road and not have any problems and stuff like that but yeah i mean we just go through the cars with the fine tooth comb and make sure we aren't overseeing anything like that and then obviously try to get these shocks and springs where they need to be and make everything happy so you can go fast in a circle bristol was monday you're not even home yet so like what was the reason for staying out? Obviously you're going to pick up some parts, like talk to that part. How challenging it is just to drive back to Kansas. Like you're not even home yet. Well, I did get, I actually, so we left Bristol at like 10 Monday night. And then I drove all night, got home Tuesday morning at like 10 30. Well, then I was trying to stay up the rest of the day and I passed out on the sofa in the shop for a couple hours but we didn't do anything Tuesday. And then Wednesday morning, me and Bodie unloaded wash cars, got all that stuff cleaned up. And then 
yesterday I actually loaded up this Impala and then I left last night at like 5.30 and drove all the way up to Cleveland last night. And now I'm heading back to pick up a vehicle on the way home and meet Turbo to pick up some parts and then I'll be back home. So right now I'm going on 24 hours and no sleep, just over the road trucker, just trying to make a dollar here and there. Rocket chassis, obviously you and Blake Spencer, really good buddies. Brandon Shepard, really good buddy. Um, how much help? How much help are they to your program? Uh, yeah, I mean, we all bump ideas around and stuff. I kind of lately, I've been kind of just doing my own thing and just what I feel like I need to do or what I think I should do. Obviously, Blake, he asked for my opinion on setups and stuff like that, so I try to help him with what he wants to feel and stuff like that. And then if I ever have a question, I'll ask Brandon or Mark, and they seem to shoot me in the right direction. So. I normally don't try to just go over there and be like, hey, will you guys give me your shocks and springs or your loads or whatever and put them on my car and go out and make circles. I kind of just try to put my head down and do my own thing. I don't like being one of those people that I have to rely on someone else to be fast. So as long as you get set in the right direction, that's all I need. And then I'll either figure it out or I'll suck. That's what I tell my dad. So if I suck, then I didn't obviously figure it out. So. We we saw you Monday at the at the Bristol test and uh, leading into it, a lot of people had talked about having to beef things up on the car, and, you know, chassis wise, suspension wise. And Strickler said that he he thought it was maybe harder on the engines and that the the chassis wasn't really going through that much uh, stress that that you guys had seen. What what was your takeaway from that? What was what was the experience like? And did you see anything you needed to beef up, or did you show up with a beefed up chassis? Uh, so no, I didn't do anything on my car actually, besides change some setup stuff but uh no i mean it's definitely fast and it's gonna be hard on motors for sure but there might there's a couple things that i'm gonna beef up a little bit but i'm not gonna go through and just change a whole bunch of stuff i'm gonna try to keep it pretty simple and maybe just beef up a little bit of right front suspension things and then so be it after that did you feel pretty good coming away from from the uh test yeah so i mean the first couple sessions i was absolutely terrible i kind of turned in a 10 acre field but uh, which was kind of crazy because they wouldn't let us go out back out well we couldn't take our cars back to our trailer so what i was doing was actually hopping on the four-wheeler and just running shocks and springs up to the trailer and then running back down through the tunnel but once we got about halfway through the test i felt like my car was pretty decent and then i laid up laid down a couple decent laps and i was like there's no need to keep on trying different stuff because at the end, I felt like I was close enough to Ricky and Chef's times that I should be fine when we go back, hopefully. Um, Chase, any final thoughts? Anybody you got to thank? Uh, yeah, just my mom and dad and everyone that helps me out. Bodie, all my sponsors, Bozart Ford, ShopQuick. Paulson Rock Products, Sunoco Race Fuels, Kaiser Manufacturing, Integra Shocks, uh, Clements House of Power, Rocket, Mark Richards, Steve Baker, all those guys up there. And yeah, I mean, everyone that's on the side of my car, I mean, I couldn't do it without any of them. And uh, hopefully there's more that want to jump on eventually. If not, it's all good because we'll just keep on doing what we've been doing. Chase Younghands joining us on Stick Signals, Mick. And, you know, that's tough. 
to return in the Outlaw Series, you know, you're going to have a lot of confidence. Oh, finally, you know, I'm from Kansas. I don't have much experience on these tracks. To finally come back and then not do that well kind of blows. But you can't blame the guy when he has to worry about putting groceries, you know, in, in the hauler, managing everything. And, and, you know, with a little crew help, that's tough. And you were a NASCAR crew guy. You know, you could talk about that. That's tough when you don't have a good team. Yeah, it's incredibly tough. And, you know... In in those days, we had we had so many crewmen on the road. I cannot imagine doing what they do with just a couple people, and even I mean, dirt track racing is just as much of a load. Um, traveling town to town, track to track, getting things set up, getting things clean, getting things serviced, and and to just have an, one extra set of hands is is a handful. And um, my hats off to him because he really has a positive attitude about it, and he just looks at it as this is the thing that I need to do, and I'm going to do that. And and hey, they're out there doing it, man. And season's long; he he can definitely go on a streak and and get himself another win. We've seen Chase perform well all over the place. So yeah, you know Chase Younghands this year. You know teammates with Blake Spencer. He's also getting a lot of help from his shock manufacturer. I think Chase uh, bounces back this year, and if he gets qualifying good, I think we'll see Chase in victory lane a couple times here this season. So it'd be good to see Chase back. And race fans, don't forget to uh, support these drivers too. I mean, like Chase Younghands has a website. Go on there and buy his, you know, diecast stickers and stuff. But also, if you can't make it to the track to an outlaw event and pick up the latest World of Outlaw gear, slide over to store.worldofoutlaws.com and get your World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series hats, decals, hoodies, and other great souvenirs. Buy $50 worth of merchandise and get free shipping anywhere in the continental United States. Why stand in line? Buy your Outlaw gear online. Visit the World of Outlaws General Store online today at store.worldofoutlaws.com. Mix some housekeeping notes here real quick. Um, a lot of stuff on Dirt Vision this weekend. I, by the way, the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series put on a show at the Rev, and I can't wait to be at the Rev with the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series because that place was fun. They got one night. Guess what? We get two. Yeah, I'm, we, we should have talked about that earlier. I forgot to mention it. Yeah, that was probably the best sprint car feature I've ever, maybe ever watched. I mean, there was action all the way back. The top seven were, were racing side by side, so that was... I can't wait to go see late models there. That's going to be exciting. I mean, the last chance showdowns were phenomenal, and Johnny Gibson was losing yeah. his mind in the booth. <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was uh, a sight to watch if you didn't get to watch it. We will be there with the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series September 24th and 25th. Uh, get your tickets now because that is going to be fun at the Rev. I mean, Mick, that, that used to be an asphalt right, track. And right. They put dirt on it, and, and they're only leasing it. You know what I mean? They can't really do much improvements to it. Mm -hmm. But, man, that place is phenomenal the, right now. It, it was amazing. You, you mentioned Johnny losing his mind. I think he was still tweeting about the race when he got to his next stop at, like, 5 in the morning. I woke up to a Johnny Gibson tweet, and he was still talking about the race. So that was – if you missed it, it's in the vault. It's in the Dirt Vision vault. It's free for you to watch. Go sign up. Join Be an Outlaw. Go in the vault and you can watch that race at Rev. And the, the race at Magnolia was awesome too. So good race, uh, good weekend of sprint car racing right there. Yep. So this weekend on Dirt Vision presented by Dryden, obviously we are off. We'll be back with you next weekend. But this uh, March 19th and 20th, the World of Outlaws are at the Cotton Bowl Speedway for the Dryden Texas two-step also williams grove speedway kicked off their season opener this past weekend they have racing this weekend and attica raceway park opens up as well that's all on dirt vision presented by dryden go get your subscription today that monthly fast pass or the platinum fast pass go check it out 
and get every lap live of the World of Outlaws, Morton Buildings, Late Model Series, and much, much more. Much, 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 much more. Yeah, well, thank you all so much for joining us here on Stick Signals next week. Uh, it is officially race week, and it's going to be officially closer to race day, and we're going to spice things up in the next episode. So until then, thank you so much for joining us here on Stick Signals. <laughs>